Well, it's great to be uh, opening up our home for Christmas uh, month. And uh, just as I, I, I begin, um, welcome uh, to all of you again. And I've uh, been on the on the Facebook uh, group this morning with those who've been worshiping with us on there. You're so welcome. Thank you. We've got friends from Pakistan this morning. We've got Portuguese speakers, um, all kinds of people we've been interacting with. Isn't God good uh, as he builds his church and encourages believers uh, around the world? If you're catching up later on Facebook or on YouTube, you're so welcome. We pray Jesus will meet with you powerfully this morning. Our theme for this month, of course, is home for Christmas. We Last year, we did a home for Christmas month. Um, we thought the title worked quite well for this year, although we'd never anticipated it to mean what it now means for us. Obviously, we're all at home this Christmas. Uh, we're unable to connect with our friends and our families uh, in the same way that we would normally try to. But we are open, uh, as, as even our little chat about Facebook there has shown. Our, our church family is open. Our home is open to the guests, to the outsider. We're able to say welcome this morning. And that's a real privilege, uh, even though we can't meet in the ways that we love to. And as that little video gave us a hint at, we are able to respond to God. We're able to say to him, I, I want to make my heart your home this Christmas time. I, I, want, I want my heart to be a place of welcome for you. And I, I pray you'd be able to express that now uh, as we just open up the scriptures for a few minutes. Um, honestly, preaching at Christmas is, is always a challenge. Um, Danny and I have been sharing some ideas over the last few weeks. We, we both preached for decades at Christmas time. As a preacher, you're always looking for new insights, uh, new angles, new thoughts on this familiar story for many of us. Um, there are just three chapters of direct Christmas narrative in, in the Gospels. Um, there's not lots uh, to preach from uh, in one sense, but it is one of the jobs of, of a pastor to, to teach, to remind, to go over again, um, to call you back to the foundations that we believe, to help you and me to become strong disciples in these things that we know that are the foundations of the gospel. So every year after year, it's a delight to, to re-preach these Christmas truths. They matter. We repeat them over and over again. You remember the carol that says, repeat the sounding joy. Well, we repeat the Christmas message over and over again. Um, we, uh, we tell the stories again. We remind one another again. We read them, maybe for the first time, wide-eyed with little children. We sing the carols. It's been great on the Facebook page just to be saying, well, I love that carol. What a beautiful song that is. We read the familiar scriptures. We watch the, the little videos on YouTube and the old movies um, about the birth of Jesus. We come alive again in fresh faith. We get to say with the ancients and the early church fathers and the creeds, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only son of God for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and he was made man. We believe this stuff. You, you can Google, go online, go onto YouTube, go down the rabbit hole of following all kinds of crazy new ideas today. But maybe for us today, maybe for you watching today at home, the old idea that God himself wants to show his love to you. God himself wants to show you his son, Jesus Christ, who came for you and for me um, to save us from our sins uh, and to bring us into a relationship with God. Maybe today, 
in the familiar and the normal, you'll hear this message and your heart, my heart again, will become a place where God is present, where God is at home. Can we just pray together for a moment? Wow, Lord, we love your presence. We love these songs we've been singing this morning that just remind us of truth. As I was praying with my friend John earlier this morning, even as he was praying, we could sense your presence just rising afresh in our hearts. We, we love that. We love that moment of excitement where we realize, God, you're with us. Would you come now into every heart, Lord, every child who's parents are trying desperately to help them concentrate right now as an old bloke speaks for a few minutes. God, come, come and help us. Come and help us experience you and know you and be present with you again in this moment. Amen. Amen. I could see some of you smiling a wry smile there. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke's Gospel and we'll read one of the portions of the Christmas story. I'm just going to read a few verses from Luke, Luke chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 26 to 38. Uh, we're just picking up after um, John the Baptist's miraculous conception and birth ha has been foretold by an angel to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And now we come to the narrative around Jesus. Verse 26 of Luke chapter one. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child. You'll give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Wow. Um, I've got three lessons to share from these verses into our situation today from this incredible, unique moment in history. Um, three lessons that will help us open up our hearts to God. Lesson number one, God is with you. God is with you. Did you notice in verse 28, the angel says, greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. God is with you. Four words that change everything. In verse 30, the angel says again, don't be afraid. You found favour with God. And this should be shocking to us. Um, we, we've got so familiar, perhaps some of us with this story. Um, we don't know much about Mary's life up until this point, but we can guess it was an ordinary life. Um, apart from the technology we now have, Mary's life would have looked just like yours or mine. Maybe a little less like mine now as a middle-aged guy with white bits in his whiskers. Um, but it certainly would have looked like, as have at some point in our lives, minus all the technology. Into that life, God himself appears. He's with us now, friends. Wherever you're watching, in, your, in the ordinariness of your life and mine, into the mundane. He's with you in your work. 
He's with you as you care for children. He's with you as you go to school or he's with you as you're returning from university for Christmas. He's with you as you care for your elderly parents. He's with you. Just receive the Lord's greeting this morning. Um, the, the greeting here that's translated into our English Bibles, um, where the angel greets Mary, is where the phrase Ave Maria comes from, the, the, the Latin uh, phrase. But it's just a greeting. Hail Mary is, is literally what it means. Uh, sadly, our Catholic friends have, have, have got things upside down here. They've gone way beyond the, the clear teaching of the Bible in, in the respect in which they work out these verses. We don't need to pray to Mary. Mary herself was favoured from God. We don't pray to her. We have one Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who we go to. What this verse is telling us is that God came to Mary and he greeted her. Hail Mary. In the same way I might say, uh, hail Peter and Elisha, who are hosts today, or, or hail Kaz and Daisy over there on my sofa. Um, God is with you today. He's greeting you right now. He says hello to you. I don't know if you've been wearing your Christmas jumper, whether like me, you've got a Christmas face mask that you wear when you're able to go to the shops. Maybe you've got your, yeah, there's a, I see one or two Christmas jumpers appearing on the screen. Thank you, Joe Stevens. Maybe you've got your tree up like the Stevens. Maybe you're already destroying it like Amy did when she knocked a ball ball off a tree during worship this morning. Did you notice that? Were you watching? Um, we, listen, this, this month of songs and food and gifts and, and outer happiness, no, none of it covers up our inner world and the struggles that we all feel in our hearts right now. We, we can dress it up, we can put glitter on it, we can smile and pretend, but all our, our kind of internal struggles and fears remain the same, but everything changes because God himself greets us today and promises that he's with you and that he's with me. He says to Mary, you're highly favoured. You found favour with God. The word for favour uh, that we translate favour in English is, is the word for grace, charis. Our church centre is called the charis centre. It means grace, the grace centre. Actually, our church right now is called the Harris centre, I think, because one of the letters has fallen off in the, in the winter weather. But you know what I'm trying to say. It's the grace of God, the unmerited, undeserved gift of God. God himself chose Mary and he chooses you or I, not because we've done anything or achieved anything to deserve his favour. He comes to us in our darkness. He comes to us in our sin. He comes to us in our struggle. God himself calls you. He commissions you. He calls you into his service like he did with Mary, like he did with his disciples uh, as an adult. He invites us to play our part in his plan. God himself opens our hearts and enables us to believe him and follow this call it's all by the grace and mercy of God even if you weren't looking even if your head's been down this morning um, in, in your confusion and your sadness right now even if you've been someone that hasn't followed Christ you've been looking to other ways your own strength maybe following other gods hey the grace of God is available to you calling to you this morning I, I love the line in the the Christmas carol silent night that speaks about the dawn of redeeming grace I love the idea of redeeming grace dawning in our hearts. Maybe for some watching today, it's the dawn, it's the beginning of a new day for you, of the grace of God dawning on your lives. Hey, well, in the scriptures, this is the moment that, that, that grace dawns over Mary. It's the moment when she begins to believe that, that God has written her into his story. It, it, and today, grace can dawn in our hearts. It's all at God's favour, all of his initiative, all because he loved us 
first gave himself to us out of his grace. His redeeming grace dawning in your life today. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid has got to be one of the most repeated phrases throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament. Why does God need to keep saying to his followers, don't be afraid? Could it be because sometimes life is really scary and we don't know where to turn or what to do? Could it be that when we're under life and under circumstances and when we begin to back away from an awareness of God's presence, could it be there the very moments where God needs to remind us, don't be afraid, friends. Come to me again. Don't, don't go back into your own strength. Don't forget what God has promised, that he's promised to be with us. When we forget those things, of course, fear returns to us, even at times can overwhelm us. And so we need a God that breaks in and says, don't be afraid. Wow. I don't know how it is for you right now, but I know many people are asking, can I know God? Can I be right with God? Can I really trust God right now? Do I deserve this grace that I'm hearing about this morning? Will God really help me? Is God really there if I'm calling out to him? Can I truly trust him for the impossible situations in my life right now? Let me remind you, one of the names given to of jesus that's given by the old prophets in the old testament a name spoken about jesus the savior is emmanuel emmanuel means god is with you god with us friends we, we've all kind of had a little lift over the last week or so as we've heard about the vaccine but I, and i'm so grateful for a vaccine i'm so grateful for those kids in my school that carried on doing science when i was asked to leave my science classes and just wanted to play football uh, and write letters to my girlfriend kaz I'm, I'm glad there were some young men and women who studied at that time and are, are now able to stick needles in our arms and make the world a safer place but the vaccine isn't our hope today um, in this year where all our secure foundations have been shaken, all the ways where we find strength in relationships and financial security and job security and comfort and rest and holidays, they, they've all been shaken from underneath us. But today we encounter a God who comes near, who says, I am with you. Jesus Christ says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you to the very end of the age. I'll never leave you alone as orphans. Greetings, my favorite ones. God's here right now, and we welcome you into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Let me just briefly give you two other lessons. Lesson number one God is with us, and I've perhaps preached that a little longer than I intended to. Lesson number two there is nothing impossible with God. In verse 34, Mary says, How will this be since I am still a virgin? It's a fair question to um, a big statement that the angels made to her saying, you're going to have a baby. Listen, if you know anything of the voice of God from the pages of the scriptures, we, we should never have the phrase, there's no way with God coming from our mouths. We should never be disciples who say, can there ever be a breakthrough? It's impossible. 30 years later, after this moment with Mary conceiving the baby Jesus, Jesus himself as an adult hung on a Roman cross being pierced for my sins and your sins. And skeptics looked on him and they said, there's no way out of this for him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. God has left him now. 
But three days later on Easter Sunday morning, God rolled away the stone from the tomb and Jesus Christ was raised to life indestructible. This is the gospel we've been given grace to come into. There's, there's no sin that can't be carried away by Jesus. There's no situation that he can't make right or restore. There's no marriage today for any of you couples that are struggling that cannot be healed. There's no problem in your life that Jesus cannot resolve. There's no small business or large business that's under financial pressure right now that Jesus is unable to bless and rescue as we put it into his hands. Can I invite you just to receive fresh faith in your heart today for the impossibilities that are around your life? As the angel said to Mary, yes, you're a virgin. Yes, Elizabeth, your old cousin, she's postmenopausal. If you look elsewhere in the scriptures, you could say Abraham and Sarah were past childbearing age. Yeah, you can stack up all the reasons why not. Yes, yes, yes. We face the facts. Of course we do. We're honest. It's reality. But like Abraham's description in Romans 4, we say, God, we're going to be those who against all hope, in hope, believe against all hope in hope we believe we do not waver in unbelief we're strengthened in faith we're going to be fully persuaded that God has power to do what he's promised because as the angel says here in verse 37 for nothing is impossible for the Lord I think we just need a bit of a ministry time this morning where the angel Gabriel leads the ministry time and, and he says to us, nothing is impossible. Why don't you just, if you're in the room with someone right now, just nudge them and say, nothing is impossible for the Lord. If you're on your own, just look someone in the eye on the Zoom and tell them that. Say it again now, come on. Declare it over your relationships. Declare it over your finances. Speak it over your business, over your dreams to serve God that seem so closed up right now for nothing is impossible with the Lord. And lesson three, and then we'll finish and pray together. God invites faith and obedience from us. God is with us. Nothing is impossible to God. And God invites faith and obedience from us. I'm the Lord's servant, verse 38, Mary answered. May it be to me as you've spoken. Mary's saying, I surrender. Um, I, I give it all to you, Lord. This is the right response. We often will say this, God opposes the proud, the scriptures say, but he gives grace to the humble. If you turn over the page, you see Mary responding in a song of praise and she sings about God having lifted up the humble heart and filled the hungry with good things. But he sent the rich away empty. So here is Mary's receiving the grace of God. Here is Mary's chosen, not because she's worthy, but because God has just favored her. Her response is to bow down, is to go low, is to say, yeah, with everything, God Yes, I give it to you. Mary even gives God her body, her her womb. Um, she's going to change shape. She's going to lose her reputation. Her future is going to be altered forever. 100% God, I'm submitted to you. That's what it means, friends, to give your life to Jesus. God opposes the proud. Pride keeps me self-sufficient. Pride makes me independent of God, makes me seek other ways to stay on top of life. It's not just wrong. It puts me against God. God opposes the proud. If I'm proud, God is against me. I'm talking to the hand. Um, and so I need to lay everything down like Mary at the feet of Jesus. I need to say, God, I, only you. I live to serve only you. If this is your first response to Jesus today, you're becoming a Christian. 
or if you're responding like a, as an old Jesus follower like me saying again Lord I submit to you can we have this attitude of humility and obedience that we see in Mary Mary's words remind us of Jesus's words later as he's about to go to the cross he's facing the cross in the garden of Gethsemane Luke 22 verse 42 father if you're willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done friends ultimately we come to a savior Jesus Christ um, ultimately we come to the one who left behind his glory took on human flesh to live and die amongst us because of obedience to his father's plan Wesley the hymn writer put it this way he said um, that he emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race how about we surrender to God's will this Christmas how about we respond with faith and obedience how about we empty ourselves of our plans and our pride and our riches and everything else we've relied on to make life work and we realize that this is an upside down kingdom where the humble are exalted where the weak can say hey I'm strong where the poor can say I've become rich how about we put everything else down like Mary and take hold of the grace of God fully and completely it seems absurd every time we come to this Christmas story. It's as absurd as a Virgin Mary getting a positive pregnancy test. But we say year after year, day after day, month after month, I receive this gift of grace. I receive you, Jesus. I believe you're the only way, the truth and the life. I give you my life today. If you're already a follower of Jesus, how about surrendering, surrendering to our Father's will more radically, not resisting anymore. Friends, we didn't start out in, in, in this surrender, um, in our own strength, we started with happy, full, 100% grace when we first followed Jesus. But slowly, we just take everything back into our own hands, don't we? And so now many of the decisions and burdens of life are back on our shoulders. Aren't you tired of uh, weary of carrying that weight? We get to come to Jesus again today. We get to empty ourselves, to be more merry, to be like a new, dependent, grace-hungry disciple again we're going to pray together i lay down everything i submit to you i welcome you hey children teenagers families husbands wives singles guests on facebook this will be a moment where i would say why don't we hold hands together if you're with someone in a room just grab their hand right now we're going to pray together we need one another if you're looking on the zoom or you're on facebook you can see uh, others around you're on your own why don't you just kind of emotionally hold someone's hand if that's if that's possible um, you may want to send someone a WhatsApp saying, I'm praying for you right now. We're praying together. The old Carol says, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd bring a lamb. If I, if I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I have, I give him. Give him my heart. Lord Jesus, as we hold hands together today, we gather around you. We say we make our hearts your home. May my life be a place where you're welcome. Will you come and enter in? Will you come and be with me today as you've promised in all my fears? Will, will you come with true grace that I don't deserve, but is made mine only in and through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you come to me and help me in all that seems impossible right now in my life? Every situation that's so hard, I just lift it up to you. We don't even depend on one another as we hold hands. We depend on you, God of the impossible. And Lord, help us to be full of faith and obedience. We don't always feel full of faith. We find it hard to believe sometimes. Help us 
with your Holy Spirit to face the facts, but not to waver in unbelief, to say yes to you, to walk in true humility and true worship, to see you prove in our lives that your kingdom is good news to those of us who are poor in spirit. Oh, thank you. Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Yeah, God be with us.